Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you have your Bibles, um, we are going to be in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. So uh, this week was uh, a week for uh, fake laughs. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, You know, okay. So one thing about being a cowboy, and this is... This is less for y'all that actually know me personally and maybe for those that that don't know me personally. Um, Just so everybody knows, I do know why the cowboy got a dachshund, okay? Because he wanted a long little doggy to get a long little doggy, right? Okay. Let me save y'all some precious minutes of your life. You do not have to tell me that joke or send me that joke, okay? Because when you walk in a vet office in a cowboy hat carrying your dachshund, you get that every single time, okay? You, you get that every single time. And uh, something else that that I got this week, and, 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 I, and I love them for it, I, I, I absolutely do, but I had to be like, oh, that's, that's awesome, because I, I got this, this shirt that, that, that says pastor on it that I'm probably not going to wear, okay? So just, if you don't know me that well, number one, you don't have to tell me the, the joke about the long little doggy. Why did the cowboy get a dachshund? Because he wanted to get a long little doggy. You don't have to tell me that. And number two, you don't have to buy me a shirt that says pastor on it. I know who I, I know what I do. And I don't care that anybody else knows what I do. Okay. I mean, like, it's fine that if they do, but I'm not going to, you know, like advertise that. Oh, oh. And by the way, if you're ever unsure what to get the pastor in your life it's not a shirt that says pastor okay and it's not a cross okay we have crosses we have seven crosses from every congregant that has ever come to church okay we don't have a wall of crosses we have a house of crosses we could just start nailing them together we could you know affordable housing right uh, so something else that I <laughs> that I, I I love preaching about the good news because I get a hundred emails just like I knew I would about how uh, you know the the title of my of this sermon series is the showdown and and it's the fight between the good news and religion and when I talk about religion, I'm talking about the bad part of it, you know, the, the, the negative aspect of it. And, and there are religions all over the world. There are different religions, and, I, and I, I'm not a fan of, of most of them, <laughs> um, only because there's only one true faith, and, and I want what's best for everybody. Not that I think that they're dumb or anything like that. I want, I want what's best for them. But um, I, I, I did pre- I started preaching last week about the good news, about what it is and what it isn't. 
And, and sure enough, I got an email that, that was talking about how uh, that the good news is faith plus works. That's the good news, right? That, that, that not only do you have to have faith in God to be saved, but you have to do all of this other stuff or you're not saved, right? Which is a load of horse stuff. It's, it's a load of horse manure. It's a, it's a lot of fertilizer is what it is, okay? Because we have to understand that, that Jesus, in talking about the gospel message, the good news of that he came to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, uh, you know, a lot of people, Jesus said that it was a narrow gate. And, and, and I did get some very good feedback from my illustration about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, where I said that, uh, God is it, to understand the triune nature of a monotheistic, monotheistic God is that God is always the destination. Okay. God is the destination. Jesus is the road that gets there. And the Holy Spirit is the lights that light up that trail so you don't get off of it. Okay, and I did have some good stuff from that. But people were saying, no, no, you got to have works to be saved. You got to have works to be saved. Well, uh, understand this, that Jesus said that that way was really narrow. And I and when I talk to religious people, I have to try not to smile because when I'm sitting there like fake smiling, when they're staying, when they're spouting off all their, you know, Sunday school theology and trying to make it sound really, you know, whatever is that I picture them bouncing off the H braces on each side of the narrow gate. Dink, dink, dink. <laughs> and so I, I, I have to control my face. Does anybody have to concentrate on controlling their face? Well, some of you need to work on it a little more. <laughs> okay, you do too. <laughs> but you know, in, in this narrow gate, I think that people bounce off the H brace to the right and left of it because on one side of it, you got the people that think that, oh, well, all my sins have been uh, forgiven so I can just do whatever I want to. Well, you're going to get a headache from that, dinking off that H brace, right? But then other people, like the person that sent me the deal saying that it has to be faith and works, is that remember Jesus said, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and didn't we do this and didn't we do that and everything that's listed is all religious activities okay it's all didn't we prophesy in your name cast out demons heal the sick all of this stuff right and Jesus says I don't know who you are get away from me so do you, do you see how dinking off of H race because really the 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 uh the good news can be defined like this the good news is that we are saved by faith plus nothing. Faith plus nothing. Because nothing else is needed when God sends his one and only son to die on the cross for us. We, we don't need to add anything else because, because God came down in, in, in human form and lived a perfect life to die so that, so that we could have eternal life. And, and how do we define that eternal life? As Les Feldick did, faith plus nothing equals salvation. Do you know what? There's more in Romans chapter 8 that we've been going all the way through. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, the Apostle Paul says this, 
since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Now, now think about this. Think about what Paul is saying here. Since he did not spare even his own son and gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? And what Paul is saying here is that faith plus nothing equals everything. Faith plus nothing equals everything because through the death of Jesus, everything is made available to us. You know, oh, did, did anybody else have the, uh, the grandmother's house that was a museum that you were scared to breathe in? You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, come in. You're welcome. Don't touch that. 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 And, and I think that a lot of people, that's how they view their Christianity, right? Oh, God, God, I, you know, God's like, well, I'll give you my son, but I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going to give you that. You can't do this. You can't do it. No, no, no. See, he says, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Man, everything is made available to us, and we get it by faith plus nothing. Just faith. Just faith. But a lot of you might be thinking, well, I have faith and I ain't got all that. Well, listen, okay? See, a lot of times what we what we read in the Bible as losing our salvation or that we can, we can be unsaved or some malarkey, right? Is not losing our salvation, it's losing our rewards, okay? Now listen, I, I, I've, got, I've got good news and bad news, okay? And it's just an illustration, it's not an actual deal. But if, if you're a Christian, I don't care how old you are, uh, you have a spiritual maturity age, okay? And that spiritual maturity age determines how much of this you get because as, as much as I, I love Hilton and I think he's, you know, 52 years old in a, you know, six-year-old body, I'm not going to give him the keys to my truck yet. He just can't reach the pedals. I know he could drive it. But he's not mature enough yet for it, right? And so if want everything that God offers, and he offers us everything because Paul says, won't he also give us everything else? The key to that everything is your maturity in Christ, is your maturity in Christ. God holds nothing back from us, and if you want to see what level of, of maturity you're at, maybe we can do it like this. God holds nothing back from us, just like we should hold nothing back from him. How much are you holding back from him? What areas of your life do you not let him in? The fun parts, the exciting parts. Some of you ain't letting him in to the, to the, to the painful parts. But our Christian maturity is how much of ourselves we are able to give to God and and how much of our day and everything like that, man. Don't think that you can, you can lose something. I mean, it just says, won't he also give us everything else? And if you want everything else, that hinges not on how much faith you have, but how much maturity you have. Faith plus nothing equals everything. That's, that's the good news. What else? Two verses later, in verse 34, who then 
will condemn us. No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Now, did anybody else notice the repetitive word in there? See if you can catch it again. Find the two repetitive words. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us, <laughs> for us. That was a good shot. We, we're going to give Mitch 10 chances. Let's do it again. Who then will, <laughs> for us, for us, man. God loves us so much. I mean, look at this. He is a perfect God, can have anything he wants. And what he wants is you. What he wants is to give you assistance because faith plus nothing else gets us assistance from God. Man, let's look at the ways that he helps us. No one can ever bring a charge against us that will stick. That's what, ha that's what it means when he says he pleads for us. He is sitting there right beside God, reminding God of the sacrifice that Jesus made for our sins so that every time somebody brings a charge against us, Jesus sits there as a reminder that every single one of our sins has been forgiven. That is the good news. That is the assistance that we need. No one can bring a charge against us. It's like last week whenever I told you about being in that court deal and uh, I, had, I had lied and the, the other attorney asked me, he said, did you lie about that? And I said, yes. And he said, is that, is that the way a preacher lives his life by lying? And I smiled at him and said, I wasn't a preacher then. And you know what? I didn't condemn myself for that because I wasn't following God back then, but I am now, right? Ain't nobody can bring a charge against me. I know what I've done wrong, but I also know that my God paid the price for my sins. Jesus was raised to life for us as proof that we will live forever with him who was raised to life for us. That is the proof that when you die, you will not be dead. Okay, think about that. When you die, you will not be dead. And Jesus being brought to life is the proof of that. The Bible calls him the first fruits of all of that. Jesus was raised to life for us as proof that we will live forever with him. And Jesus sits at the right hand of God, reminding him that we are forgiven and that we belong to him. Now, the, the, God is perfect, right? So let's not, get, let's not get ahead of ourselves because God doesn't need reminding of anything. You know, God's not that, you know, old guy that his, his memory's slipping. Well, hello, Gabriel. No, God, no, Dad, I'm Jesus. Oh, sorry. Th that is not God, okay? God does not need reminding. Creation needs reminding that as Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, I was doing y'all's right hand, not mine. As God, as Jesus sits at the right hand of God, it is a reminder to all of creation that God loves us and that all of our sins have been paid for. Not that Jesus needs to remind God of anything. He doesn't, okay? They are there as a reminder to all of those that would attack God's kids. See, faith plus nothing equals everything. 
Faith plus nothing equals help for us. And faith plus nothing equals security. See, in Romans chapter 8, verse 39, this is what Paul tells us. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, how awesome was that? Just so you get the full weight of it, let's read that again. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, okay? Let me make sure I'm doing this right. Well, there's, there's two repetitive words in, in here. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing in all creation. See, faith plus nothing equals security. Faith plus nothing. Nothing, right? See, let me, let me, let me tell y'all what this means, okay? This means that if you are a believer, you never have to worry about your salvation, okay? Your salvation is eternal secure, eternally secure as a believer. A believer is eternally secure. How do I know that? Because it takes believing <laughs> to be, to get salvation, okay? This is not difficult work. If it takes believer to be saved, as long as you're a believer, you're saved, right? It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. But here's the deal. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. How much of everything fits into nothing in the sky and nothing on the ground or below? How much of everything does that cover? That covers everything, okay? <laughs> it's either on the earth, underneath it, or in the sky for our, you know, to be our perception, right? No power in the sky above or in the earth below. See, here's, here's why that is such good news, is that the good news is that God factored in our stupidity when he offered us salvation. And he knows that we can be plumb silly. And he knows that if we could screw it up, we would, but we can't. How do I know that? Because it says, no power in the sky above or, on the earth or in the earth below. That means nothing can take that away from you. The good news is that God factored in your stupidity when he saved you. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows where you succeed. And he knows every failure you have ever had. He knows your triggers. He knows what sets you off. He knows what buttons people can push to set you off. He knows your soapbox collection. He knows what they're labeled. He knows where they're at, how long they've been there, how tall they are, right? He knows all of this and he still saves us and he holds us secure. How do I know he holds us secure? Because he says, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, 
Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate a believer from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. He knows your strengths, weaknesses, successes, failures, triggers, and he even knows every little thing, past, present, future, that gives you goosebumps. He knows you that well. And you know what the good news is? He's got you. He's got you. What are you so worried about? Why are you not joyful? He's got us and you're not going to screw it up. The good news is that as a believer, you cannot screw up God's plan. How do I know that? Because you're not that powerful, sweetheart. I mean, you're just not. I mean, we want to be, but we're not. And that's good news. You know, I mean, you're not going to screw up because you're not that special, cowboy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't, th this is good news. You ain't that special, okay? You're not. Y your, your life, millions of people do not hinge on your life, okay? You know whose life hinges on you? Yours. And that's it. Yours. And as a believer, don't, don't, don't make me say something that I'm not. If you're a believer, you are secure, right? So, and I, and I, can, already, I can already hear the emails being typed. Um, so you're saying, Kevin, that once you're saved, you're always saved. Well, what I'm saying is that if you're a believer, you're secure. And if you're not a believer, you're not secure. I, I, I'm not saying anything more than that. I'm saying that as a believer, you are secure in your salvation. That is why it's called good news. And it's called good news because you are secure and that there is nothing that you can, should, or have to add to that faith to get everything, okay? Now, religion hates that, okay? Religion, oh, that's, you're just saying that that's an easy believing and stuff. No, I don't think it's easy believing. You're going to take somebody that doesn't believe in God, and they are going to go from that to trusting in something that they have never seen with their own eyes or felt with their own hands, and ask them to put their eternal security in something that they've never seen. I do not call that easy believing at all. But once you do believe, it is that easy to keep it because that is the good news. Faith plus nothing. You have nothing to add except the rewards that you will get for a life that you live down here. Yes, there are going to be some people in heaven that never did a good work to save their lives, right? Bible says that they get in to heaven as if by fire, meaning they barely scraped in. Somehow you're going to be smoking when you get in there, okay? I'm probably not going to be far off of that, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I'm going to get there. I know I am. I absolutely know I am. Listen, I'm going to leave you with this. What to honestly expect out of a real faith? What can you honestly expect as a Christian? Because I really do think that most people have a Sunday school type knowledge of what a Christian's life is like. And then really, they've just used a lot of their own stuff to try to fill in blanks it and 99% of it's wrong. So what can you expect? If you're not a believer right now, 
or maybe you're a new believer, or maybe you're an old believer wondering if, you, if you're doing this whole thing right, right? Let, let, me, let me give you uh, real quick four things to honestly expect out of a real faith, okay? Out of a real faith. Um, number one, you can honestly expect that your life will be different, okay? Your life will be different. Don't make me say something that I'm not saying. I'm saying that your life will be different, meaning you're probably going to have some different friends than you had before. Because everybody, listen, uh, bad company ruins good sermons, okay? And I'm not saying that, that, you, that you don't talk to people that aren't believers because that's what we're commanded to do. But what we do is we go get the bad apple out of the barrel. We don't go jump in there with them, okay? What can you honestly expect out of your life? Your life will be different. You're probably going to have some different types of friends, okay? You're, you're going to have different priorities, okay? You're, you used to think that this was important, and now you wonder why you gave so much time to that, okay? Your, your life will be different. You, you will have different friends. You might have different family, you know? You have different priorities, and, and you'll have different principles, okay? You'll have different principles. The way you live your life will be different. Um, and the second thing, what can you honestly expect out of a real faith? Um, understand this. When it comes to your faith, okay, listen real close to me. When it comes to your faith, who you are is vastly more important than what you do because everything that you do flows from who you are, okay? What you, who you are, are is more important than what you do. So when anybody from now on, okay, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is that for the rest of your life, you've got something to work on, okay? The bad news is for the rest of your life, you've got something to work on, okay? If you ever have this thought, I'm not sure what God wants me to do. He wants you to work on your heart, okay? You never have to say, I don't know what God wants me to do. He wants you to work on your heart. Then, once you get done working on your heart, then you can go do some other stuff, okay? So, your life will be different. What can you honestly expect out of a true faith, a saving faith? Number one, your life will be different. Number two, who you are is more important than what you do, okay? Number three, number three is this. Instead of living in sin, you are now going to struggle with sin, okay? That is the only difference. We are not, nobody is free from the effects of sin while we're on this earth. One day we will be free from it, but not now, okay? And in that, you are going to go from living in sin to struggling with sin. And this struggle, there's a biblical phrase for it. It's called dying to self, okay? So before when you just did everything willy-nilly, you didn't care if you obeyed your parents, you didn't care if you drank too much, you didn't care you know, what you did on Friday and Saturday nights and everything. Now you're, instead of just living that way, because you have different principles and priorities and different friends, and, and because you are working on who you are, now you're going to struggle with sin instead of just living in it. And that's the difference. And it's called dying to self. And finally, what to honestly expect out of a real faith? Listen, pace yourself. <laughs> pace yourself. Because 
like I, I, I see so many people get on fire and just run across the pasture and then wonder why everything burned down. Okay. Pace yourself, work on your priorities, work on your principles, you know, work, work on your relationships, um, work on who you are. Welcome to the struggle. It is the struggle bus. Being a Christian does not make your life easier. It brings struggle, but it also brings eternal life and it brings everything and it brings assistance, help when we need it. And it brings security. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are and the fact that, that everything that we're looking for can be found in the simple recipe of faith plus nothing. God, you are all we need. You are the destination. It is the reason Jesus came to pave that way for us. It's the reason you sent the Holy Spirit is to keep us on that way so that we could get to you because we know that ultimately when it's the new heaven and the new earth that you will come down and live with us and you will be our God and you and we will be your people. God, we look forward to that day and God, I pray right now that nobody that nobody thinks that there's time left because there's not none of us has an expiration date on the bottom of our foot and god i pray right now that that we approach our faith with patience but also with a sense of urgency as we grow closer to you and as we tell others about your imminent return and it's in jesus name i pray amen